Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah. Vessalatu vesselamu ala Resulillah ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve men vela. Uh, welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream. Uh, on a Tuesday, we got two more today and then two more streams before we are off for the last 10 nights and then we're off for uh, we're off for the first week of Shawwal. Uh, let me address something first. I actually use this this stream to address um, certain things from the um, got some feedback from the Ahnaf. Sort of, I guess you could call it pushback. But I had um, put up a statement that said the Qadi is only needed to apply the punishment and not to ter- to determine the ruling. A Qadi is only needed to, de- to apply a punishment upon somebody and not necessarily to apply a ruling on a person who says things that are Kufri statements, such as what? So if I see a Muslim bowing to an idol or saying Jesus is God or saying alcohol is halal, we can't make any conclusions, this would be ludicrous. So the Ahnaf are upset with this. And I guess rightfully so, but at the same time, because alcohol is a very, they, they have a tafsil. The shawafir and the Madikiyah and the Hanabila, um, I don't believe have that tafsil. Uh, the Hanabila, I don't believe they have that tafsil between the grape and date wine, okay, and the um, non-grape and date wine alcohols, okay. But it, it's not the, it, not everyone has that uh, Hanafi mind. Clearly, I'm reading to you from Imam Nawawi. Okay, he says, "أطلق الإمام الرافعي القول بتكفير جاحد لمجمع عليه." Okay, Imam Rafi'i, who's the authority in the Shafi'i school, and Nawawi is citing him here with the takfir of somebody who um, negates what is mujma alayhi. Okay, وليس هو على إطلاقه بل من جحد مجمعا عليه فيه نص وهو من أمور الإسلام الظاهرة. That means it has a text and it is known to people because there could be something مجمع عليه but it's not known to people. Okay. التي يشترك في معرفتها الخواص والعوام. The common people know this, and the uh, the common folk know this. And the scholars know this. Such as that we have something called salah and we have something called zakah. Awul hajj or hajj or tahrim al khamr. Prohibition of khamr. Okay. So when I'm saying alcohol, it means khamr here. So, and whoever negates. Mujma alayhi. Right, so they got me on the technicality, I guess. I should have said khamr, not alcohol. All right, but this is the meaning that was being translated. I was literally uh, taking it exactly from here. Okay, so. Now, this is important. If he negates something that only specific people scholars would know 
كاستحقاق بنت الابن السدسي مع بنت الصلب such as he mentions the daughter the inheritance question of a, the daughter of a son she gets the sixth okay um, alongside with the daughter things like uh, that is مجمع عليه but it's just simply that not a lot of people would know that وتحريم نكاح المعتدة prohibition of marrying someone in her idda okay وكما إذا أجمع عليه أجمع أهل عصر على حكم حادث حادث فليس بكافر so those things then we say we would not make takfir of somebody who negates something that is مجمع عليه but is not well known so that but the general um the 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 general gist of the comment or the post stance that a qadi is only needed to apply the hukum a mufti or an imam who who observes the the uh, process can also issue a statement of tabdiya or takfir and and why were these important Tabdiyah is to render somebody who is to be outside of Ahl Sunnah and takfir outside of Islam altogether. It's because they do have impacts on marriages. They have impacts on relationships. They have impacts, more importantly, I would say, for the community, how the community interacts with them. You have organizers of events. You have organizers of conferences who may not be well-versed in these matters. That's life. They they got up into some position while not being versed in a lot of matters of knowledge, and then they'll they're inviting these types, people issuing or uttering words of kufr one year, then speaking in Islamic conferences the next year. It's like where 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 is this going? There's got to be some kind of limit to this whole uh, situation. There's got to be some kind of uh, it's 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 got to be reined in because it's sort of absurd at this point. So conclusions of takfir can be uh, made by imams or muftis. Now, if we're going to actually apply this in life, I would actually like, it would be more comforting, I would say, if there were like two or three or four veteran scholars agreeing upon something and, and issuing a statement. Like, wouldn't that be more, it would be more comforting to see that. It would be more it would give lend more confidence that any biases, any uh, vulnerabilities, any um, uh, for, uh, oversights, like you didn't think about something or uh, things like that would be negated or pushed aside because of uh, by by one another. They'll be they'll be able to to weed these things out, and then you say, listen, community. This person is this. Do not invite them anymore to speak to the common Muslims anywhere, to speak to the community, right? Don't invite them anymore. Don't put them up as examples. Why is it that every community guards their space? But Muslims were like trying to just open the door for everybody to come in and speak about, oh, you have something nice to say about Islam? It doesn't matter what you did a year ago or six months ago or whatever else is floating on or what else you do, actually. Just come. So it's uh, it's got to get reined in. All right, let's move to our dua of Wednesday before we start our. Oh, it's Tuesday. 
I'm telling you, I'm totally. Yesterday, I had to do a whole thing from 11.30 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. All right? I was on from 11.30 to 2.30, on and off. Because the, the program that I was, I was part of, they wanted to, to um, accommodate the California time. So they have 11.30, I guess, to 12 is like the people coming home from Tarawih on the East Coast. On the, then you have the middle of the country. By 2.30, what is that? That's 11.30, what is that, like 11.30 in California? That's when they're coming back, right? right by 2, uh, 10, uh, 1.30 to 2.30, that's like when they're coming back from Tarawih. So the program accommodates them. So as a result of that, you got, you're up till 2.30. What do you do? You, you sleep and then get up for suhoor for another hour? Because you get up for suhoor, get all the kids up. Uh, pray. Adhkar. I'll be, f- I don't know, 5.30 by then. Oh, man. So my, my mind's not even on today. But we will read from the tafsir here. Of Surah Al-Munafiqun. It is a surah that is Madani. And it consists of 11 ayahs. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Yada ja'aka al-Munafiqun. Ya'ani Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salulu ashabuhu. Okay. If the hypocrites come. Who are Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul. And his companions. Qalu nashhadu innaka la rasulullah. Wallahu ya'lamu innaka la rasuluh. Wallahu yashhadu inna al-Munafiqin likathibun. They, they hide what they uh, manifest one thing and they hide another thing. They took their oaths. They think their oaths are going to protect them. A junna is a protection. Sutra. They would stand and say, Wallahi, you're the messenger of Allah. They think that that's going to protect them from being exposed. You have somebody comes and says, Wallahi, you're the messenger of Allah. Well, why are you saying this? Like, what, where, why is this out of the blue? It's because you knew, you negated that iman. You negated that iman in private. So in your mind, you need to renew it. The people, like what's in here always eventually comes out. It eventually comes out that uh, he feels that he, he negated himself, so he's got to correct himself now. And they would negate themselves by mocking the Prophet ﷺ, by saying all sorts of things against the Muslims that would clearly show that they're not believers. Okay. Hey, you got Noah on? What is he saying about this darkness here? It is a bit dark, isn't it? What's going on here? Very strange. Okay. Yeah, is someone coming and touching this thing? It's as if someone used it last night. And no one was here last night. That is because they believed, meaning with their tongues only. Then they disbelieved when they go in private to their friends. So what they did in private, Allah stamped it on their hearts. Okay? Stamp on their hearts. 
طبع على قلوبهم فهم لا يفقهون so they their 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 ability to process has been broken when you behave like this your ability to process breaks and we we are people who believe that sins sins the cloud of sins the smoke that sins produces on the intellect disallows people to think right it disallows people to think uh, clearly and here there are people who have to balance two things when you have so many interests to balance you can't think clearly because you have too many interests that you gotta, you're juggling too many things. So if you give me an argument, I have to think two times. I can't just think about the argument. I got to think about, does it negate the, my other interests? Okay. And this is why Allah says, لا يفقهون. That's the meaning by which لا يفقهون. Uh, they don't understand. They fail to understand because they're harboring secret purposes, secret intentions, secret uh, uh, motives does this. They're harboring secret motives. Does this? Right. Now, if you if you see them, you love their bodies, like they're well kept. They have appearances that are impressive. Yet it is Allah alone who knows what's happening in their heads and in their hearts. Because when they speak, they also speak well. I mean, it reminds me of so many of these uh, politicians and uh, what, you see the looks, the guy looks really clean, well-kept. When he speaks wonderful speech, yet it's all nifaq. Okay? Because, oh, there you go. What'd you do? What was it on? Weird. Who's touched the camera? Some jinn? What's going on here? By the way, Moeen is is on this thing now, which I agree with him. The weird possibility, reality of 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 Jin getting involved in AI robots. I mean, that's like uh, definitely something. And then people thinking it's sentient and giving it rights. Very weird. I mean, it's just one of those things you think about all possible things, and who knows what's going to happen. Qal Abdullah ibn Abbas. كان عبد الله ابن أبي جسيما فصيحا ذلق اللسان فإذا قال سمع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قوله كأنهم خشب مسندة as if they are pieces of wood leaning just you took a piece of wood you leaned it on the on the uh, wall now منافقين were known that they never attended the majlis of the Prophet the hypocrites, they never sat in the majlis. They would see the Prophet coming and going, and, and here and there they show up in the masjid, but to sit in the majlis of the Prophet, they never sit in it. Okay? To sit in the majlis of the Prophet, they never sat in the majlis of the Prophet. It's actually one of the, uh, and, and what, did the, what does Allah say? He also says about the Prophet, when the, when, when the hypocrites open a mosque in Medina, which they did, they opened a masjid in Medina. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, لا تقم فيه أبدا Do not stand in it ever. Don't ever walk, don't even set foot in it. Because they invited the Prophet to, 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 for the opening, if to of the masjid. For the opening of the masjid, they invited the Prophet. The Prophet agreed. That Quran came, was revealed. Quran was revealed. لا تقم فيه أبدا Do not stand in it, do not even set foot in it. لا تقم فيه Forget, 
to, to pray and to sit and to give a talk. Because on the outside, it looked like they're opening a masjid. But the reality of that masjid, it was going to be a safe haven. It was a safe haven for all those who are against Islam and against the Prophet. And it was going to be the abode where, where the place where they plot and plan. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects the Prophet from keeping the company of hypocrites. Okay? We have yet a third ayah. Okay? Which says, وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَلَا يُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَا Commanding the Prophet, keep the company of those who seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's an ishara here that those who are constantly around the Prophet wasallam are those who will be salihin. Those who are in the constant company of the Messenger are righteous, are salihin. Okay? So, munafiqeen never mingle with the Prophet, peace be upon him, which is also a proof for the righteousness of Sayyidah Aisha, Abu Bakr, and Umar. Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La taqum fihi abada, do not set foot in the mosque of the hypocrites, do you think that, the Prophet, that Allah would let the Prophet live and die in a room of a hypocrite? Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha? Because this is basically what they're saying. She's like a hypocrite. Okay, that she's that they apostated after Islam. Even some of them say that they did not have the Prophet's interest in mind. That means they're manifesting love of the Prophet, but hiding the opposite. That's hypocrisy. So would the Prophet, if Allah says, "La taqum fi abada," do not set foot in their mosque? Do you think then Allah would allow the Prophet to have a hypocrite in his home? Or to die in the room of a hypocrite. And then to be buried for hundreds upon hundreds of years in the same space as two hypocrites. And spend hundreds of years with two hypocrites. It's impossible. Okay? It doesn't match anything that the Quran says about protecting the Prophet ﷺ and keeping the hypocrites away from his majlis. So in this ayah it says, they only lean on the edges of the mosque on the outside. They get, can't stand being there. Right, so the Prophet ﷺ, this ayah is actually warning those who are coming to the masjid and having no interest in what is happening to the point that they would attend Jum'ah leaning on the masjid, leaning on the walls, and not coming up to fill the saf. Those people have an attribute of nifaq. So we can't say he's a munafiq, but we say he has an attribute. Of nifaq. Okay. He has an attribute of nifaq. Ashbah bila arwah. There are just bodies, okay, images. Ashbah, like an image without a soul. Ajsam bila ahlam. Physical bodies with no intellects. Qara'a Abu Amr al Kisai. Kushubun bi sukun sheen. He said, and the rest recited it. Al-Kisai, of course, was one of the great Qurra. He has a Qira'a. He was also a great grammarian. And he's the one who famously defeated Sibaway in a debate. And we all know the name Sibaway now for those who study grammar. 
but ultimately it was the Kufins who won the day on that that time. We all study busting grammar now. But um, at the time, Kisei won the debate solidly. And Sibowe went to his home and be, literally was depressed and shortly thereafter died in his home. And he resigned public life after that debate. And he was young. He only like 45 years old. Okay. All right. So in other words, it was made to lean. Musanada. Why not Musnada? Why? Because there are many of them. Okay. Meaning, at that time there are many and there will be much more in the future. So, uh, So it's, it's a dry piece of wood leaning on a wall. What's the value of that? Nothing. It's not a tree and it's not being used for anything. It's just leaning on a wall. So, those who lean in the masajid, that is an attribute of an effect. Leaning when? Leaning when, when there's an obligatory observation, thing to be observed, like the khutbah. Like someone speaking on uh, 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 some dars that is valuable. Something valuable, and they're leaning. Of course, with the, with the khutbah, that's a fart. And therefore, the warning is ashat. The warning is more severe. يَحْسَبُونَ كُلَّ صَيْحَةٍ عَلَيْهِمْ أَيْ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ صَوْتًا فِي الْعَسْكَرِ بِأَنَّادَ مُنَادٍ أَوْ فَلَتَتْ دَابَّ أَوْ شُدَتْ ضَالَّ إِلَّا ظَنُّوا مِنْ جُبْنِهِمْ وَسُوءِ ظَنِّهِمْ أَنَّهُمْ يُرَادُونَ بِذَلِكَ وَظَنُّوا أَنَّهُمْ قَدْ أَتَوْا لِمَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مِنَ الرُّعْبِ They're so afraid يَحْسَبُونَ كُلَّ صَيْحَةٍ عَلَيْهِمْ Everything that the Muslims do or say or every announcement, they imagine it's against us. Why? Because when you're, when you're lying, you're always exposed. You're always afraid that your lie is going to be exposed. Okay? When you tell a lie, you're always afraid that it's going to be exposed. So that's why every announcement, oh, we're exposed. Oh, we're exposed. Which is a type of... Um, hypocrit- uh, cognitive dissonance because you know then therefore that Allah knows your secret if every time a revelation comes every time the prophet has an announcement every time the, someone has an announcement then therefore like you know then that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows your sir your secret then why are you having a double life if you know Allah knows subhanallah and they also think they're worried that the people around them will betray them. Okay. Abdullah bin Rawaha, the great Sahabi, he used to be very, very good friends with Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. He used to be very good friends with him. And when the, when the time for Iman came, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul uh, tried to convince Abdullah bin Rawaha to go against the Prophet wasallam, but he couldn't. So he knew that He's going to lose friend after friend after friend after friend. So he's imagining now this is going to continue. So whoever I talk to, we can't trust anybody. Okay. 
Humul adu. They are the real enemy. They are the real enemy. Humul adu fahdharhum. Okay. Be more, be mindful of them. These munafiqeen. They never ever sit in a dars. They never sit in a majlis. They never sit in anything. This is a munafiq. This is the real munafiq. We're not talking about the sinful hypocrisy of saying one thing and doing the opposite. That's sinful. That's the uh, the hypocrisy of your body. But this is the hypocrisy of your i'tiqat. They are the true enemies. Okay. Okay. Allah has cursed them and Allah is fighting them. Okay. They have no place to go. Uh, subhanallah. If they're told, come, the Messenger وسلم, will make istighfar for you. What did they do? They roll their eyes, they roll their heads. They think this are you serious? There you really believe in this stuff? They are people are munafiqeen. If you have someone like this in your family, stay away from them. Just give them hello, goodbye, assalamu alaikum, wa alaikum assalam. Have a nice day, nice weather out, and goodbye. Do not hang out with such people who mock dua, mock ibadah. Okay? Mock these things. Make fun of uh, the hopes of Muslims in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These people get them out. They will destroy your energy levels. They will destroy your momentum. They will destroy your him. Okay. They roll their eyes. They turn their heads like that. You see them. They always will reject such overtures. They always will reject such invitations to come. Turn to Allah, remember Allah. I remember, subhanAllah, one time somebody was really down and somebody said to them, remember Allah. They laughed. Wallahi, they laughed. They laughed. I'm thinking, subhanAllah, there must be some serious nifaq in that heart. Like serious, serious nifaq that you're not even aware of in your heart. To laugh at that. Someone says, remember Allah, and you laugh? SubhanAllah, some say, well, remember, this is a physical thing. What is the remembrance of Allah going to do? Okay? I'll tell you what it's going to do. I'll tell you a case I had myself. I had a severe case of sunburn. Like, and severe. Okay? To the point that it was like, wasn't even enjoying being awake anymore. I didn't want to be awake. I just wanted to be asleep because it was so painful. And then... I said, okay, I'm going to recite 300 Salat Tibiyah. This is Salat on the Prophet ﷺ, that's Salat Tibiyah. That is meant for curing the body, curing the mind, and curing the heart. Allahumma salli wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin. Tibb al-qulubi wa dawaiha. Wa'afiyat al-abdani wa shifai wa nur al-absari wa diyai. Tibb al-qulub, medicine of the heart. The Salat on the Prophet is medicine for the heart. Wa'afiyat al-abdan wa shifaiha. The healing and the cure of the body. Protection of the body. It's the light of our insight and our vision. Okay? 
So while I'm saying it, I sort of did wonder, how, how will the Salah and the Prophet heal my, my, um, my sunburn? I thought to myself, how would this happen? But I just kept doing it, kept doing it. Maybe about like 20, 30 minutes in, I remember someone told me the skin is an organ and it needs moisture. In the same way that the body needs food. So I thought to myself, oh, I have coconut oil. Let me get that and try to put it on. Maybe my skin is like, hey, that'll help. I'm telling you, I was 50% cured. I took, the, I took the coconut oil. I just put it all over, all over. I'm like, oh, my God, that's like 50% cured. It was literally like, I was, I, I could now, now I'm agitated. I went from extremely painful to just annoyed, like agitated. And then it just with two, three days, and it was gone, right? So... When you wonder, how does dhikr do anything? Because it's just words that I'm uttering. Well, it's the word you're uttering for Allah. He will send you an angel, send you an idea that will cure you. And that's how the dhikr works. Okay? It works by calling an inspiration that will solve your problem. Okay? Allah Ta'ala creates things in this world through asbab, even miracles. Even the miracle that Allah wanted for the Red Sea to open up, he didn't say, Red Sea, open up. He said, Moses, strike the Red Sea. Symbolically. Even symbolically. Okay? Prophet ﷺ, all of Badr was, the, in Badr, the Quraysh were blinded for a few, a se- minute or two. Well, that, what happened when they were blinded for a minute or two? Well, the Muslims got an advantage. If you're if you're in the ring in a, in a in a boxing match and you can't see for three for four seconds, you're finished, right? You're going to war and you can't see for about twenty seconds. You got sand in your eye for twenty seconds. You're finished, and you and they never recovered from that. But did Allah Taala just blind them like that, or did He say throw the sand? Prophet Sallallahu took some hasa, like Sayyidina Dawood, and he threw them at them. Okay. He threw it at them, and then it, that broke up and, and blinded their eyes. So for about 20 seconds, they all had sand in their eyes. They couldn't see. That was enough. Okay? Everywhere you go, there's a miracle that has to have, even the miracle has an intermediary. So when Allah creates in this world, he creates through things in this world. It's the akhirah in which the creation happens. You think of uh, a glass of wine that you want to have. In the akhirah, it appears right in front of you. It doesn't uh, come through a, through something. Okay, it appears right in front of you. So that's uh, that's how the the dhikr of Allah works. And someone who mocks that and laughs at that, we can't say anything except there is some hypocrisy in your heart. What when you have a sign of hypo- hypocrisy, we can't say you are a hypocrite. That's in the knowledge of Allah. But we can say you have one of the signs of hypocrisy. This is a sign of hypocrisy. Okay? That you mock. If you go to religious uh, uh, obligation, Jummah, and you lean it all against the walls and you're sitting there like this, like you just, you want to be anywhere except there. Can I say you're a munafiq? No, but you have a sign of hypocrisy. You possess a sign of hypocrisy in you. Okay. Regardless, whether you make istighfar for them, O Prophet, 
or you do not make istighfar for them. Okay. Allah will never forgive them because of this mockery, because of this betrayal, because of this visible boredom with the deen. You're not, you're not believers on the inside. You're only saying it on the outside. ذكر محمد بن إسحاق وغيره عن جماعة من أصحاب من أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بلغه أن بني المصطلق يجتمعون لحربه وقائدهم الحارث بن أبي ضرار أبو جويرية زوج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم had married Jawairiya and which is Javaria you all have people named Javeria? Yeah. It's 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 technically it's Juwairiya, but it's become Javeria. Okay. Balakahu and the Bani Mustaliq, Bani Mustaliq, it's a tribe. They had gathered together to fight the Prophet. Their leader was Al Harith ibn Abi Dirar. And he is the father of Juwairiya. When he heard, when the Prophet heard of this, So they went out, and the Prophet saw them, and and faced, met them, or faced off against them, at a, a water uh, place where they get water called Al-Muraysiyah. فَتَزَاحَفَ النَّاسُ وَاقْتَتَلُوا And they fought. Bani Mustalik, you're coming to fight a war against Medina? Well, the Prophet come out and came out and met you at Al-Muraysiyah. فَهَزَمَ اللَّهُ uh, Bani Mustalik, there's a typo here. It says uh, Nabi Mustalik. It's Bani Mustalik. So uh, they fought and Allah caused the defeat of the Bani Mustalik. وَقُتِلَ مَنْ قُتِلَ مِنْهُمْ uh, and then the Prophet gathered their wealth and gathered, gathered all those who didn't fight of the women and the children. While the people were there at that area where there was water, uh, people were coming, and Omar had a an ajir, a worker from Bani Ghifar. Yuqalu lahu Jahjah. His name is Jahjah ibn Sa'id al-Ghifari, from the tribe of Abu Dhar. Yaqudu lahu farasahu fazdahama Jahjah. So, they're going for water. This young man, Jahjah, he had uh, he has Omar's horse. Wasinan ibn Wabr al Juhani. There was a man there named Sinan ibn Wabr al Juhari. And there they they bumped into each other. Halif Bani Auf ibn al Khazraj. Okay. And he was from another uh, allied with another tribe. So Omar's servant and this servant from another tribe bump into each other while getting this water, right? And there, so Omar, of course, is from Mecca. He's from Quraysh. This servant is coming to bring his animal. He's from Medina. Okay? He's from the Khazraj. So they fought. They argued. Okay? 
فسرق الجهني. So الجهني, this servant, he shouted out, O oh Ansar. Okay. And Al-Jahja, Omar's servant, who's from Ghifar, which is from, not in Medina, he said, he shouted out, Ya Muhajireen, O Muhajirs. Okay. And therefore, the Muhajirs came to side with Ghif- uh, the Ghifari, and the Ansar came to side with the Khazraji. Okay. So, so Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul became furious. He was sitting at a distance watching this and they became furious. Okay? To see that the servant of a muhajir and the servant of one of our boys, okay, one of our boys are having a fight and the muhajir is getting the best of it. So that's how he views. He doesn't view them both as Muslims. He views as Muhajirs and Ansar. So he's sitting, and in the gathering is a, a young boy named Zayd ibn Arqam. Just a boy. One of the sons. Ghulam, hadith sin Faqala ibn Ubay. Abdullah ibn Ubay says, okay, Did they really just do this? Afa'aluha. Did they really just do that? They come into our country and they push us aside and now they're taking over our city. Okay. He says, this is exactly what the saying goes, fatten your dog and he'll one day eat you. Hosted these people, these muhajirs. We let them in our country, in our city, in our country, and now look at what's happening. When we go back to Medina, by Allah, when we go back to Medina, okay. The no, we, the nobles, will expel these, these, these lowly people, al-adal, which is not even true because the Meccans are the most noble people of, of the Arabs. It's like uh, New York. Some New Yorkers ended up going to Arkansas, right? Who are you, right? You're lucky that we came to your country, that we, you came to your state, right? يعني الأعز نفسه والأذل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. He means by the az himself and the Rasulullah being the lowly والعياذ بالله واستغفر الله. ثم أقبل على من حضرهم من قومه فقال هذا ما فعلتم بأنفسكم أحللتموهم بلادكم. وقاسمتموهم أموالكم أما والله لو أمسكتم عن جعال وذويه فضل الطعام لم يركبوا رقابكم okay. You did this, he's saying to his people We let them in our country, in our city We gave them half of our wealth okay. إلى غير بلادكم. And if we just stop giving them so much food And stop feeding them Okay? They would not be riding us the way they're riding us. Okay? They would be riding us this way and they'll go to another country. They'll go to another city. Stop spending on them until they turn back and they turn against or they turn away from Muhammad Stop, Stop paying anything. Stop giving them anything. Stop being generous. 
Okay. Zayd ibn Arqam was a youth. And he shouted, Anta wallahi al-dhalil, al-qalil, al-mubghid, fi qawmik. Okay. Muhammad, fi izz min al-Rahman. You are the one who's lowly, who's despised, who is few in number. And Muhammad Allah, the Rahman, has elevated him. وَفِي مَوَدَّوْ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And he's loved by the Muslims. فَقَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بِنْ أُبَيْهِ أُسْكُتْ فَإِنَّمَا كُنْتُ أَلْعَبْ Abdullah اللَّهِ بِنْ أُبَيْهِ says, Quiet, I was just joking. كُنْتُ أَلْعَبْ قَالَ فَمَشَى زَيْدِ بْنَ أَرْقَمْ left and he went straight to the Prophet after the war was over, the battle is completely done now. He goes to the Prophet Umar was there. He said the whole story. Okay. Let me go and kill him. Okay. This hypocrite, Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul. How could we do that? There's no evidence. There's no crime committed here. People will say, there's no, there's no provable crime. Of course, that's a crime. That's a stoking revolution here, right? Muhammad, Prophet is the, is the, the leader. And you're saying you're going to expel the leader? That's a revolution. So that's a crime, but it's not provable. A boy is not evidence. People will just say that the Prophet kills his people randomly. Okay. Rather, call out that we're all traveling, we're all moving. And this was not a time that the Prophet used to ever move in. So everyone got together and they began to travel. They used to not travel in certain times, namely the times of heat. They would pitch tents and stay in the in the in the uh, in the uh, in the shade. وأرسل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى عبد الله ابن أبي فأتاه. Okay. And he called for Abdullah ibn Ubay. So Abdullah ibn Ubay comes to him, and he says, "أنت صاحب هذا الكلام الذي بلغني. Are you the one who said this this uh, talk that I hear?" قال عبد الله والذي أنزل والذي أنزل عليك الكتاب أنزل عليك الكتاب ما قلت شيئا من ذلك وإن زيدا لكاذب he said by Allah who revealed this book to you I didn't say a word of this and Zayd is a liar وكان عبد الله في قومه شريفا عظيما عبد الله in his people was he was a nobleman in his in his clan he was aggrandized in his people عظيم فَقَالَ مَنْ حَضَرَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِهِ مِنَ الْأَنصَارِ The أنصار that were there, they say, يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ عَسَى أَنْ يَكُونَ الْغُلَامِ أَوْهَمْ فِي حَدِيثِهِ وَلَمْ يَحْفَظْ مَا قَالَهُ Maybe he, the, the boy made a mistake in, in what he heard. A wahm is a far-off mistake or an imagination, a pure imagination. Okay. وَلَمْ يَحْفَظْ مَا قَالَهُ And he didn't, he didn't memorize correctly what he said. فَعَذَرَهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet forgave him. وَفَشَتِ الْمَلَامَةِ فِي الْأَنصَارِ لِزَيْدِ وَكَذَّبُوهُ 
And then all the people went to Zaid and said, well, stop these lies that you're saying. Stop this stuff that you're saying. They started blaming him. Subhanallah. Zaid was living with his uncle. So he was Zaid, everyone turned on Zaid. You say, even his uncle. So you say this about the chief of the tribe, okay, Abdullah ibn Ubay, and now everyone's blaming you. Everyone's saying you're a liar, okay, and blaming you. And at that point, Zaid was traveling near to the Prophet, but he was ashamed to be in front of the Prophet, peace be upon him. فَلَمَّا اسْتَقْبَلَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَصَارَ وَسَارَ لَقِيَهُ أُسَيْدُ بْنُ حُدَيْرِ فَحَيَّاهُ بِتَحِيَّةِ النُّبُوَّةِ وَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِ When the Prophet ﷺ was there uh, while they were traveling لَقِيَهُ أُسَيْدُ بْنُ حُدَيْرِ A man named Usaid ibn Hudayr came to the Prophet ﷺ, greeted him ثُمَّ قَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ لَقَدْ رَحَتْ فِي سَاعَةٍ مُنْكِرَةٍ مَا كُنْتُ تَرُوحُ فِيهَا O Messenger of Allah, you're traveling in a time that this is not a normal time to travel. Like We, don't, we never travel at this time. The Prophet ﷺ said, أَوَمَا بَلَغَكَ مَا قَالَ صَاحِبُكُمْ Abdullah ibn Ubay Didn't you hear what your friend said? Abdullah ibn Ubay Okay. So, زَعْمَا So, what is the Prophet saying? In private, the Prophet is confirming Zaid ibn Arqam. He's confirming. He said, don't you hear what your friend said? Abdullah ibn Ubay. He says that when he comes back to Medina, he's going to remove, uh, the, the nobles are going to remove these poor people, okay? meaning the, the muhajireen, all of them. You, Master of Allah, you remove him. You expel him if you wish. You're the noble, he is the lowly. O Messenger of Allah, he said, the same man, Usaid Muhudair, just have mercy upon this man. This is early in Medina. Okay. That, oh, Master, just go easy on him. When you came, his people were lining up the jewels to put the crown of monarchy on his head. He was set to be the king of Medina. And then you came. Subhanallah. فَإِنَّهُ لَيَرَى أَنَّكَ قَدْ you snab this kingdom from him. That's how he views it. Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Ubay. Now, many people get confused by this. Abdullah ibn Ubay named his son Abdullah. So Abdullah ibn Ubay is the hypocrite. Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Ubay is the believer. His son is a good Muslim, right? 
but his, uh, but him and his father have the same name, so many people get confused. He heard of this. He heard this, okay, what his father did. So he came to the Prophet sallallahu I heard that you want to kill Abdullah ibn Ubay. لِمَا بَلَغَكَ عَنْهُ Because of what he said. فَإِن كُنْتَ فَاعِلًا بِهِ If you are going to do it, tell me to do it. I will kill him. Okay? فَأَنَا أَحْمِلُ إِلَيْكَ رَأْسَهُ I will carry his head to you. But don't let anyone else do it. Because I don't want the, the fatherhood son aspect to make me hate that person who executes my father. I, that's why mostly executioners cover their face. So that nobody sees them elsewhere in the marketplace and then seeks revenge or hates them executioners they cover themselves head to toe and they should not be of they should be of average height so that they could be not known to the people okay that's that's in common practice that's not sharia or anything but in common practice you find the executioner the jalad the whippers all those who whip who lash who kill they their, their identity should be concealed. Yeah, that's why they wear those masks. So that when walking in the marketplace and you're like, oh, you're the one who lashed me, then they get revenge. Like that. Because Khazraj knows there's no person who's better to his dad than me. I'm good to my dad. But his heart is one way, my heart is another way. Because I'm so loyal to my family, I don't can't trust myself that if another person executes my father, I may see that person walking in the marketplace and kill him. Okay? فَأَقْتُلَ مُؤْمِنًا بِكَافِرٌ having killed a believer for the sake of a kafir. So the son is all in. Abdullah ibn Abdullah is all in. He's all in. He calls his father a kafir. He, I'll, I will take his head to you if you, can, if you give this commandment. But don't let anyone else do it because I'm also, I have a family aspect. So these Arabs, they were very open and clear and they, they had a balance. And that's why it is said they, that they call them al-uqala, meaning that the lack of human established institutions has clarified their intellects right their minds are clear because the human institutions are not there the human interventions are not there in their society so their minds are clear and he's clearly saying i'm a believer that's with you 100 percent, but we also have blood ties that doesn't disappear with iman it's still there and there's a sympathy there okay so i may end up uh hating the person who who executes my father then I would go to the hellfire for that reason. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. قَالَ بَلْ نَرْفَقُ بِهِ نَرْفَقُ بِهِ نَرْفِقُ وَنُحْسِنُ صُحْبَتَهُ مَا بَقِيَ مَعْنَا No. نَرْفَقُ الرِّفْقُ We'll be lenient with him and we'll have good companionship with him as long as he remains with us. They said وَسَارَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ يَوْمَهُ ذَلِكَ the Prophet that day traveled all day. Fitna is in the air. Big fitna is in the air. What does the Prophet do? Keep moving, keep moving. Exhaust everybody. He exhausted them all. 
until the night came. And nobody had any energy to do fitna anymore, to talk. Okay? And he traveled all night too, until Fajr. He exhausted them, because fitna is in the air, right? وَلَيْلَتَهُ حَتَّى أَصْبَحُ وَصَدَرَ يَوْمَهُ ذَلِكَ حَتَّى And they traveled even in the morning until the sun became too hot. ثُمَّ نَزَلَ بِالنَّاسِ فَلَمْ يَكُنْ إِلَّا أَنْ وَجَدُوا مَسَّ الْأَرْضِ فَوَقَعُوا نِيَامًا He says, as soon as the people stopped and put their heads on the ground, they fell asleep. He traveled the day, the night, and a part of the next day. Okay? So that no time for fitna. وَإِنَّمَا فَعَلَ ذَلِكَ لِيُشْغِلَ النَّاسَ عَنِ الْحَدِيثِ To busy the people from speech. الَّذِي كَانَ بِالْأَمْسِ مِنْ حَدِيثِ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ Okay? To busy the people from this talk. ثُمَّ رَاحَ بِالنَّاسِ حَتَّى نَزَلْ عَلَى مَاءِ الْحِجَازِ Okay? فُوَيْقَ النَّقِيَعِ And then he traveled with the people until they came to an oasis in Hijaz. Okay, يُقَالُ لَهُ نَقْعَاءَ فَهَاجَتْ رِيحٌ شَدِيدَةٌ فَهَاجَتْ رِيحٌ شَدِيدَةٌ آذَتْهُمْ وَتَخَوَّفُوا مِنْهَا وَضَلَّتْ نَاقَةُ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم وَذَلِكَ لَيْلًا At that night now, they stayed that day there, as the night started to fall, the, a very bad wind came that harmed them, because it puts sand in their eyes, sand in their clothes, sand in their food, sand in their water. It's miserable when you get a sandstorm. And the the camel of the Prophet was lost. فَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَا تَخَافُوا فَإِنَّمَا هَبَتْ لِمَوْتِ عَظِيمٍ مِّنْ عُظَمَاءِ الْكُفَّارِ تُوَفِّيَ بِالْمَدِينَةِ Okay, don't be afraid. فَإِنَّمَا هَبَتْ Okay. It has fear. The camel had some fear because of a death of a great man in Medina. Okay. And they said, who is he? Who is this great man in Medina? قَالَ رُفَاعَ إِبْنِ زَيْدِ إِبْنِ التَّابُوتِ فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِّنَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ كَيْفِ يَزْعُمُ أَنَّهُ يَعْلَمُ الْغَيْبُ وَلَا يَعْلَمُ مَكَانَ نَاقَتِهِ Subhanallah. Unbelievable. These people. He said, the munafiq got up, and he, what does he say? How does the Prophet ﷺ know a great man died in Medina when he doesn't even know where his camel is? Well, it's because prophets know what the angel tells them and what Allah informs them. And do you think a great man, is, isn't he more worthy of knowledge? The death of a man than the roaming of a camel? Yet they have no intellect, these people. Okay? So the hypocrites still keep going. Shouldn't his angel tell him where his camel is? Jibreel came and said, look what the hypocrite's telling. Let me tell you, your camel is there. So the Prophet ﷺ then announced, the camel is there, go get it. To shut that man up. Okay. The Prophet said, I never said that I know the unseen. And I do not know. But Allah told me the statement of this munafiq and the place of my camel. Okay? He's not claiming to be a magician here. What what Allah tells him, he knows. What Allah does not tell him, he doesn't know. Simple as that. 
Okay. Yeah, في شعب قد تعلق زمامها بشجرة. It's in one of the uh, uh, the uh, it was it was walking and it's um, the reins got stuck in a tree. فخرجوا يسعون قبل الشعب قبل الشعب فإذا هي كما قال they went towards that direction and that it was as he said فجاءوا بها من ذلك الشعب وآمن ذلك المنافق when they came back and they saw that that منافق believed his hypocrisy one way his نفاق one way why because he's probably listening to Abdullah ibn Ubayy He's listening to a hypocrite. So that was an influence. He saw this in front of his own two eyes that wiped out what Abdullah bin Ubay was saying and he became a munaf. فَلَمَّا قَدِمُوا الْمَدِينَةِ وَجَدُوا رُفَاعَ إِبْنِ زَيْدِ إِبْنِ التَّابُوتِ قَدْ مَاتَ ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ When they came back to Medina, they found that Rufa'a ibn Zayd ibn Tabut had died. In fact, had died on that day that the Prophet said. وَكَانَ مِنْ عُظَمَائِ Al-Yahud. Right? He was one of the big Jews. Okay? And he was a, 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 a solace for the hypocrites. The hypocrites used to love to go and be there. Be with him. And he would help them be, go against the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay? When the Prophet got to Medina, Zayd ibn Arqam said, I went, I stayed home. Zayd ibn Arqam said, I stayed home from how depressed I was and how embarrassed I was. Until Allah revealed Surah Al-Munafiqeen. Until Allah revealed Surah Al-Munafiqeen saying that I was said the right thing, that I was truthful. في تصديق زيد وتكذيب عبد الله بن أبي فَلَمَّا نَزَلَتْ أَخَذَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ بِأُذْنِ زَيْدِ When it was revealed, then Zayd came out, happy, head up, and sat right in front of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. The Prophet took the ear of Zayd, okay, he held it, his ear, said, يَا زَيْدِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ صَدَّقَكَ وَأَوْفَى بِأُذْنِكَ Allah has said, has confirmed you, and said that your ear was correct. Awfa means you upheld. Your ear, you, you heard right. You heard right. Abdullah ibn Ubay was near at that point, Medina. Abdullah ibn Ubay is not in Medina yet. He was on the way. Who came out? His son. Okay. His son said, مَا لَكَ وَيْلَكَ قال, لَا وَاللَّهِ لَا تَدْخُلْهَا أَبَدًا إِلَّا بِإِنِّ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. So Abdullah ibn Ubay has taken control of the disciplining of his father. Okay? He goes out, Abdullah ibn Ubay comes and says, what's wrong with you? What's with you with this face? You're giving me a face and you're riding a horse in front of me like this? When I'm coming into the city, he said, no, you're not coming in. You're not coming in until the messenger permits you to come in. You've just been humiliated and exposed for plotting to remove the Prophet. That's, that's, you should be killed for that. Except the Prophet ﷺ does not kill people by wahi. He only kills, punishes with evidence, worldly evidence. Okay? 
That's one of the proofs that if a judge gets a keshf, if a judge sees a dream or gets a mukashifa of one party's guilty and one's innocent, he can't rule by that. Okay? Cannot rule by mukashifa. Prophet did not rule by wahi in matters of court, uh, crimes and punishments. Today you're going to know who's the humbled one and who's the embarrassed, who's the lowly one. So Abdullah says, you can't stop, says to son, you can't stop me. So he goes in and he goes to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or he sends somebody to go and tell him what his son is doing. My son's not letting me in the city. Okay? The Prophet said, let him come in. Then the messenger came and said, the Prophet says, let him in. So his son says, all right, if the Prophet says you can come in, then you can go in. He stayed home. few days he died. Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul. Only a few days he got sick and he died. قالوا فلما نزلت الآية وبان كذب عبد الله بان كذب بان كذب عبد عبد الله ابن أبي قيل له يا أبا حباب إنه قد نزل فيك آي شد شد آي شداد فذهب إلى رسول الله يستغفر لك فلو ورأسه ثم they said to him while he was sick he said oh when you were away Serious ayahs came down against you. So go make istighfar. Go to the Prophet and you can see forgiveness. Okay? You told me to become Muslim. I said I became Muslim, meaning just with my tongue only. You told me to give some zakah for my money. I gave the zakah. What's next? Prostrate to Muhammad next. He makes fun of us. Said, go and istighfar. He rolls his eyes. He makes fun of it. What's next? Believe, I believe. Pay zakah, I pay zakah. What's next? Prostrate to Muhammad is next. Astaghfirullah. If they're told to come and seek forgiveness, okay, you go and you roll your eyes and you turn your heads. And then Allah revealed, This is the rest of the saying that he said. Don't spend on them until they leave. If you just stop giving them gifts, stop giving them homes, stop marrying your daughters to them, stop dealing with them, they'll leave, they'll find another place to go. Allah has the warehouses of the heavens and earth. You think that you're the ones who's feeding them? Aren't they going to battles? And getting wealth from other places? You're not the only ones who are supporting them. No one should give anything. Okay? No one, Allah is saying, no one is, is ever giving anybody anything except with his permission. And no one deprives anyone except also by Allah's will. But the munafiqs, they don't get it. They don't understand Allah is in charge of everything. They do not understand They only understand the material realities of things.
When Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul died, Umar ibn Khattab said, O Messenger of Allah, you should never pray upon him. You should not pray upon him. Allah revealed Quran about him. The Prophet said, I have not received any wahi about this. The Prophet prayed upon him. Then, after that, Allah revealed, وَلَا تَقُمْ عَلَى قَبْرِهِ do not stand at their graves. Do not pray upon them ever again. So the Prophet showed his mercy and his judgment because Allah never said, don't pray upon them. And Umar had a firasa. And he had ilham. He was mulham. He was muhaddath. And Allah showed that Umar was right too. And therefore, going forward, the Prophet never prayed over a munafiq. And Allah informed the Prophet, Jibreel informed the Prophet who the hypocrites were. There were 11 more hypocrites. Him, he was 12. There was 11 more. So whenever they, they wanted to see if someone was a hypocrite, they would see if the Prophet prayed upon him. And then when the Prophet would go to the graves, he wouldn't stand at their grave to make dua. He would make dua at the other graves, not them. Let's stop here. And that's the end of the uh, section on the munafiqeen. And then the rest of the ayah, uh, the rest of the surah begins to give different advice to the mu'mineen and we'll, we'll discuss that next week because it's on a different topic. Let's now turn to Q&A, see what anyone has to say about this. All right, uh, Habib, what you got there? Give me something. Yeah, uh, any questions from there? Yeah, any question on the topic? Mini said, what are the signs of hypocrisy, or will that be discussed next week? Uh, the signs of hypocrisy is that they they truly do not want to ever sit in gatherings of remembrance of Allah. They have no value for that. It's one of the biggest signs. Whenever there is a conflict between Muslims and, uh, and the kuffar, they love to side with the kuffar. They love to blame the Muslims in the name of being honest. That's what they're always all about. Uh, what about claiming someone's a hypocrite? You can claim somebody is a hypocrite um, if you mean the hypocrisy of action and you have some reason but as for a hypocrisy of the heart um, if we say it it is a judgment that's almost like symbolic it's almost like you have attributes of hypocrisy you're acting like the munafiqeen but as for the hypocrisy of action you could say oh you go and tell us to have zuhud and then you drive a Porsche you're munafiq this is munafiq of action 
which is sinfulness. It's sinful to do that. Okay? But then when we see somebody being a traitor and, 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 and siding, always siding with the enemies of Islam in the name of being objective, and someone says, oh, these people are munafiqs. It's majaz. It's like the same way when we say, man, he's a wali Allah. It's our estimation from the signs that we see. And let me tell you this, before we get to our some, um, some sponsorships and things, that, you know this hadith, this famous hadith, whoever calls another Muslim a kafir, one of them has it. It doesn't mean one of them is a kafir. It means either you're correct, that he is a kafir, or you're wrong, in which case you have the sin of calling someone a kafir. That's Imam al-Nawi's sharh on that. It does not mean one of them is a kafir right so it either means you're correct or you have the sin of falsely accusing someone of being a kafir all right let's now talk about uh some sponsorships firstly we got uh patreon go to safina society dot or patreon.com slash safina society to support our program number two go take our classes at arcview.org Go to arcview.org and uh, take our classes. You're on it. Just Yeah, there you go. And then lastly, we have a sponsor. How are your eyes? What is the status of your eyes? Are you okay? Can you see? All right. If you need help, come to New Jersey. Get your eyes taken care of by Ocean County Retina. Laser surgery. Baraka in the surgery as well because the the the... the the surgeon is from the Dhakirin Allah Kathiran with right with Dhakirat. And and you'll have barakah in the surgery too. So come to New Jersey and get involved. Come to the live stream. Go down south for, for a laser surgery. Come back to Vicar Night. Okay. Summer's out. That means uh, Frisbee football is back. You know, some of the I, I've never been, but I would go if I could. But they're 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 insane for frisbee it's a cult they never miss rain shine snow whatever they never miss a day and they play for two hours right and it's fathers and sons okay they never miss one are there different levels of variations of hypocrisy well the hypocrisy as we see it's it's signs of hypocrisy that's what we can see we can see the alamat the signs of hypocrisy so someone may have one sign of hypocrisy, but we also see in the case of the one companion, he had nifaq, but he was healed of his hypocrisy. So someone may have some hypocrisy, but it goes away. Right? Can you please clarify if there was a hypocrite that the Prophet did pray for at his grave? Yes, Abdullah ibn Ubay, the Prophet prayed the janazah upon him. If that's what you mean by praying at his grave. Okay. Is declaring someone is a munafiq of the heart the same as takfir? No, it's not. It's not. When it comes to takfir, if it, if it is needed for some reason or other, such as in a marriage, it's actually needed. If you have a guy in the community who's a bit wacky, right? How many people we have that? A lot. There's a lot. They're, they're, every community gets someone that's a bit wacky, right? 
And this person's wackiness goes beyond a level and they start uttering things that is kufr billah. We do not say, oh, he's just one of us. He's uncle so-and-so. No, we don't say that. We, we, we would have to now actually take care, uh, pay some attention to this marriage because it's no longer valid. Okay? Someone was to say those things. And families are mixed. You could have a family of very knowledgeable people and people who are into, this, and into crazy ideas. There would be a fad kifaya that somebody would need to inform this woman. Your husband, his wackiness has gone beyond the bounds and this marriage is now zina. It's not marriage. It's, 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 it's invalidated on the spot. The moment a person commits a riddah, the marriage is invalidated on the spot. Someone said to me one time, my husband committed apostasy in his words. How do I seek a divorce? Said, you don't have to. It's invalidated on the spot. The apostates, okay? You just get your stuff and leave and start observing Idda. So, uh, if that was ever to be the case, what the only way I would feel any comfort with it, okay, is if a number of people came together an imam, two imams, a scholar, two scholars, three scholars, four scholars. They brought the man in is it true you said this or is it a rumor i need to know if it's true or it's a rumor i mean if they have the recording they have the recording right but they do talk you actually said this do you understand what you're saying right do you want to make tawbah and repent from this and take the shahad again and we're going to redo your nikah again because you invalid if you said it you invalidated it and um if he says this is all a joke i could care less about all this then, then the imams will have to write a document this was uttered. This happened. Now, what does this document do? Nothing. It is between the fulfilled the fad kifay with Allah. I hand it to the wife. This is a document. We are four scholars here, four imams here, telling you your husband has uttered this. He refused to take it back. In the sight of Allah, he's oh, a zindiq now, a kafir. He's a zindiq. Marriage him is invalid. You go back to him, we are informing you that you're committing zina. That's it. That's all you could do. But it's fad kifayat to inform the people of that, right? And she could do what she wants after that. But that's actually the, a, a value of assessing statements of people and the legal implications when we don't have an Islamic court. When you don't have an Islamic court, the imam takes the place of that, of the judge. And I'll tell you where it would get shady if it's like one imam. That's where he opens himself up, right? But if he has two and three and four, like the Sharia Council of New York, I don't know if they do this, Sharia Board NY. They, I don't know if they do these kinds of cases, but they never sign off with one person. And they also... Don't sign off as Sharia board. They have three human beings, three imams with names, where I can find them and look at them. Sign off. I was very impressed with the Sharia board in New York. Okay. Is my fast broken if I get mad and yell at my cat or hit it? No, it's not fast. It's not. But you have committed the. Minor sin 
of harming an animal, and if the harm is severe, then it may be beyond a minor sin, torturing an animal, for example. So there are something called valid but sinful. You are sinful in doing that, but your fast is still valid. I heard a person on the pulpit claim you can basically use those right-hand possessions. What is this? As sex objects in Afghanistan, as long as you don't do thun? What are you talking about? There's no right-hand possessions in Afghanistan. Prisoners of war. Female prisoner of war. How did this question get in the chat? If someone has many signs of hypocrisy, can we do istighfar for them? Yes. That was specific to the Prophet What if a parent apostates? Oh, that's a tough one. Very tough one. But you, you need to keep a distance, but not the distance in which would you would be called breaking the tie of your parent. Actually, no. Sorry to say that. Let me retract that. The apostate has his own rules, and all ties are cut from the apostate. I was thinking of someone, what I was saying was the someone who is not a believer, who is like against you being a Muslim. That's... Um, do not obey them. Don't obey them in their shirk and their kufr, but be a good friend to them in worldly matters. But the apostate in Islam is the one who declares that he's no longer a Muslim. This is a murtad. We say about this person that all relations are cut with them. We have no. It's like a cancerous cell. What do you do with a, mal- a, mal- a malignant cancer or a malignant tumor? You have to take it out right away. And everything around it too. Okay, just to be safe. So, that's the theory. The theory is, if a person apostates, you stay away from Why? Part of our theory and our psychology in Islam is that we don't trust ourselves. We should not be fully trusting. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'll never go down the wrong path. Well, that's the beginning of going down the wrong path. That's actually the beginning of going down the wrong path. Okay? It's actually the beginning of going down the wrong path. You're not immune. No one, none of us are immune. No one should f- have the feeling that they're immune. Okay? So stay away. How did the Sahaba fear hypocrisy, or why did they fear it? Because it's from our sign of Iman that you fear to be a munafiq. Famous saying of Hassan al-Basri, لا يأمن المناء النفاق إلا منافق Only a hypocrite has no fear of being a munafiq. Why is that? It's because hypocrisy is unseen. So the hypocrite doesn't fear, doesn't care what you about matters of the heart because nobody sees the hearts. He doesn't care about that. He only cares about the outward. So لا يأمن النفاق إلا منافق if you see somebody fearing nifaq, then testify that he is a mu'min, okay, that he has iman. فَشْهَدُوا لَهُ بِالْإِيمَانِ The Prophet ﷺ said this, this the phrase, فَشْهَدُوا لَهُ بِالْإِيمَانِ What makes a person have a sign of iman? Inshallah, may Allah grant us that, that they care about the masajid. That they care about the masajid. Okay? That they care about observing wudu properly. The Prophet said, why, why did the Prophet say this? Because wudu is something unknown. 
I don't know if you have wudu or not. I can't see if you have wudu or not. Someone munafiq could easily get away with praying without wudu. Okay? He doesn't care. Okay? So um, the munafiq, he doesn't care about these unseen things. They also said, there is one of them that said that the munafiqeen always, they hated the uh, Sayyidina Ali. And therefore, love of Sayyidina Ali is from Iman. And some said it's a fabricated hadith or a weak hadith. Should you ever get physical if someone insults Allah or the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? I was on, was online the other day, and I saw. Uh, honestly, I found it sort of funny, interesting, uh, exciting. I should say. This was in some European country. A guy goes home, finds his best friend with his wife. The guy goes downstairs in his garage, gets the gasoline that they usually put in like lawnmowers and stuff. And he starts gassing the guy's car. The guy runs apologizing, holding him back, but the guy manages to light a flame to his car, right? I personally don't mind that such a thing. It's, it's probably extrajudicial and it's probably illegal and it would be, yeah, I would have to say it's haram to do that. But because it's just you're 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 starting chaos here, but I understand. I don't understand. I understand what this. Guy, if I'm the judge, no, I'm not. I'm not rewarding you anything, right? I'm not rewarding you a new car. But uh, probably no. If we're in all seriousness, though, we wouldn't be able allowed to do that type of thing. But I do understand where he came from. He would. <laughs> I do understand that the sentiment. I understand it. But but well, check this out. You will owe him the cost of that car. Fair, fair, fair enough, right? But let me tell you something else. That guy's never going to do zina with your wife again. You taught him a lesson. You taught him a le- He'll never do zina with your wife ever again. And probably not with any other person's wife because he knows there's crazy people out there. Right? If I'm the judge, I say to him, you, you owe him the cost of the car. I'll help you pay it. Shake hands. Right? <laughs> me and my boys will help you pay it. You're a chimp. You're guilty, right? I feel like it's the, the thing like in school when like someone used to talk about your mom or something. Yeah. And you just throw a right hand. Yeah. So it's like the same thing if someone insults like Allah or the messenger. It's by, like quick. Boom. Quick right hand. By the way, <laughs> by the way, there is something in the law called fighting words. Can someone look it up? Where there are words that you could say to somebody where uh, if they punch you back, they're not guilty, right? So fighting words is a legal term. Fighting words, all right, Habib pulled it up. Fighting words are words meant to incite violence such that they may not be protected free speech under the First Amendment. Beautiful. The U.S. Supreme Court first defined them in Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire in 1942 as words by which, by their utterance, inflict injury and tend to incite an immediate breach of the peace. Thank you. Right? So I'm not wrong in saying in my instinct that the guy lights the other dude's car on fire. You lit my family on fire, I lit your car on fire. Right? Okay. Now, now, now I mean, the wife is part of this too. But there, she, she couldn't be part of this without the guy. And usually if there is a guy and a married woman... The guy is the one who, 
who he initiated. She wouldn't have done it. He, she got lured into it, right? Because of him. So yeah, does she have some guilt? Yeah, she has some guilt, but we could deal with that later. Okay. What does it mean, good men are for good women? What does it mean, virgin men for virgin women? That's a good question by Qudsiya. Uh In the time of the Prophet wasallam, there were people who were essentially like prostitutes, essentially. They were prostitutes. And when the revelation came down, now people are getting married, people are not doing these things anymore. The Qur'an came with the, an ayah that said, those who were living that life should only marry people who used to do that too. Because you will understand each other's sins. So there is no set law for this. So it's a type of advice and counsel. If you, for example, are someone who's used to smoke weed, and you quit smoking weed, but sometimes you do have trouble with it. You should marry somebody who understands that world. Maybe someone who also, at one point, she smoked some weed, and she slowly got off of it. So she can understand you. You don't go and marry someone who has no reference point to your sins. That's the wisdom behind it. It's not. There's no law here. There's no law here. But that's the wisdom behind it. So that uh, he can understand your sin, she can understand your sin. If you lapse... She understands. If you if she laps, you understand. That's one of the meanings in that uh, of that. It's I think an extremely uh, wise thing for people who who do have some aspect of their life that's still incomplete. That you should marry someone also incomplete like yourself. That or even if not incomplete, but who understands that world. You don't go marry a saint. Okay. Is no she'll never understand. She'll never understand that, that world that you come from. So if you ever lapse into it, you're going to be finished. How's the Instagram? We got questions on Instagram? Let's open up the Instagram and stop ignoring these poor people. What's the password now? Oh, you, you, cha- you had to change it? Again? These people. Oh, I can't get in, so that's why you're telling me that. Okay. Huh? Yeah, please. Here. Is it the same for women who convert into Islam and her husband is not Muslim? Uh, that, well, I'll tell you what the ruling is. The ruling is that a woman cannot be married to a non-Muslim. And then for your specific situation, you need to see a sheikh to, to give you advice on how to physically, how the rubber hit the road on that how to physically uh, handle that, okay? Okay. How to deal with the anxiety of turning 30 and not yet being married? Our communities are so harsh about that. Turn your uh, turn to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala with the entire matter. Turn to Allah Taala with the entire matter, and and also take asbab. Be part of everything. Be social. Get go to the maset. Go to classes. Go to any matrimonials. Try to take every. Leave no stone unturned. Be it dua plus action, and have an optimistic attitude. 
Can you please clarify if there was a hypocrite? Oh, we answered that question. Can you wear perfume containing alcohol in the Madiki Medheb? It's differed upon, but the majority is that the, the dominant ruling is the answer is no, but it is differed upon. The Mauritanians, they, they use them. Okay. Sheikh Muhammad al-Yaqub has a clip describing an incident where the Prophet healed a girl that was badly affected by a lost bullet used in a Mawlid celebration. Do you mean where Salah on the Prophet healed the girl? I think that's what he means by that. Oh, spiritual, uh, like, a, like a vision or something. Like the Burj of Busiri. Yes, I believe in those things. I don't know about this specific one, but I, don't, I believe them in in general that it's that's possible that the prophet says uh, people can be healed in 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 a vision. In general, we believe we believe in karamat al-awliya. In general, you don't have to believe in any specific karama, but we do believe in karamat al-awliya. Nothing wrong with that. Moscowers are old. How do I find friends my age? Go to different masajid. Not Moscowers at MBSC are not old. Our, what is our average age? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the 20s. Yeah, because we get a lot of youth. A lot of college students. We have a good mix of, of the elderly too, because that's, good, that's healthy to have. But we also have, like a lot of the middle schoolers and high schoolers, they want to hang out with the older guys now. That's what I'm seeing. Like we got middle schoolers coming to our stuff now. Hanging out. And that's that's how a healthy community should mix the ages. So that the, these high, middle schoolers and high schoolers, they sort of see where is life heading in the future. Uh, DNX Tour says, I feel I've entered Ramadan with a hard heart. And I don't, don't feel a strong connection and focus in Salah. Any advice? Yes. Recite a lot of La ilaha illallah. Outside of Salah. All day you should be reciting La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah until your heart, you, you got a rusty heart, so you need to move it. Put some oil and move it. Put some oil and move it. Make wudu, say La ilaha illallah all day. La ilaha illallah all day. Until that rust starts to go away. Is there a term between, a difference between the word kufr and kafir? Yes, the word kufr is the description of a statement. Or an idea. The kafir is the person who has that. Okay. What what says when singing Qasida in praise of the Prophet, is it okay to believe that the praise is carried to him by the angels? Yes, and even more than that, it goes directly to the Prophet ﷺ. You can believe that as well. Okay. You said the Ghulat Shia, they have beliefs of kufr, yes. Uh, but the general Shia, no. They have bid'ah, innovation. Meaning they, they negate a Qatay text. What's your advice for people who follow the scholar that claim Isa died a natural death and was not raised and there's no Dajjal and there's no Imam Mahdi? Please. 
please stop, delete, unsubscribe from that person. He negated the Quran. He negate that that belief is kufr. Say Naisa died a natural death. Okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he speaks to people in the cradle and old age. Does Sayyidina Isa live in old age? No, he didn't. It's like we all know the people of the earth, whatever you say about Isa, he died in the middle of life. They say in the cross. We say he was raised in the middle of life. We say specifically the age of 33. So he never was in old age in this world. Then Allah says, And there is none from the people of the book. And this ayah means the Christians, except that they will believe in him before his death. Okay? They will believe in him before his death. The majority of Christians, when the Prophet comes down, almost all the Christians will, will accept him. And they will therefore accept the Prophet Muhammad and they will, he will break the cross, kill the pig. What does that mean? And, and he will end the jizya. It means he will tell everyone, he'll show everyone, this, all this, this crucifix in the Christianity was false. It never happened. None of these doctrines are true. He will kill the pig. means, Christians, you must go back to following the law. You, you abandoned Moses' law. Okay? Now you're going to follow the law of Muhammad And he will end the jizya. There will be no jizya because there will be no people. He, when he goes to a country, he fights them, and then they either fight him or they accept him. So there's no middle anymore. No jizya. And before that, there is a sign of the end of time that the Muslims and Christians will unify in a battle, in a war against the Yahud. And then they will fight amongst themselves afterwards. Then the Dajjal will come out. So there is some uh, interesting future things to happen between Muslims and Christians. Okay. So, man who negates all this, how are you? Cancel immediately. Where do I read comments from? From Instagram and from Facebook, uh, from YouTube. Can a person share with her brother that his wife is very toxic and she neglects him? No, no, no. Do not go that route in life of causing fitna between husband and wife. You don't go and you tell your brother, by the way, your sister-in-law is a terrible, your, your wife is a terrible woman, she's doing this to you, she's... No, do not do this. You're causing fitna between the two. <sighs> ajib, ajib, ajib. Listen to this story. This is a true story. Okay, Sister we know, I'm not going to say who it was, is teaching in a university. Okay, She has a colleague. That colleague is not a Muslim woman. She's a Christian woman. She confides in the Muslim woman. She says, I need to take you for lunch. I need to talk about something. Like, all right, I mean, we sort of know each other, but we know each other like that to go to lunch together, but fine. So they go to lunch together, and she confides, I need to talk to a Muslim. This is not in New Jersey, this is somewhere else. I need to talk to a Muslim because I'm actually in a relationship with a Muslim. But he's married. He's married, okay? He's a married man. I love him, Right? But he's a married man. What do I do? Meeting after meeting after meeting. Turns out, we know the guy. We've been to his house. He's been to our house. 
and they got kids. Subhanallah. So uh, that sister then went to the elder of the community and said, what do I do? Do I go and I tell my friend that your husband is having a relationship with my colleague at work? He said, no, don't. Just tell that woman, right? Tell the woman just just to go away. Go away. And tell the man, send a message to the man saying, stop, but do not say anything to the woman. Okay, so she's like, okay, I, mean, I didn't think that that was going to happen. I thought we should break it all open and tell my friend that she's being cheated on. No. So she did that. She told the woman, just go away. He's a married man with kids. She goes to the guy. She says to him, listen, I'm not passing a judgment on you, but I know what's going on. Just end it. Allah exposed you. You're lucky he exposed you to me because I'm going to try to do the right thing here. So she did that. And then she left, right? So life happened and she moved away. Years later, that couple, they're happily married like that couple they stayed married they're happily married that couple so she could have broken that family you don't do that you never ever go to between a husband and wife and try to cause a fitna between them even if it's with something truth okay maybe the only thing we said is the that when the marriage becomes invalid by sharia but not behaviorally What is the easiest way to explain to people Qadr Mu'allaq while maintaining that our will of Allah doesn't change? The will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has options that Allah created for you. And based upon your action, you'll get those options. That's how it is. It's all the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is seeing shiyukh in a dream something? Yes, it is. Definitely, it's a good sign to see shiyukh. What if they're only engaged and they're being mistreated? Yeah, if it's early on in the engagement, maybe you can talk, right? But you got to talk constructively. But early on in the engagement, people don't, they're not, they don't owe each other anything, right? If a man is engaged to a woman, all that means is that in the future, I will owe you the rights of a husband and you will owe me the rights of a wife. We've agreed in the future to marry, Okay. When you marry, the statement of marriage is always in the past tense. I have married you to myself. Or I have married you, or I have married my daughter to you. The, the, the father of the bride says to the groom, I have married my daughter to you. Or the groom says to the bride, I have married you to myself. Past tense. But will you marry me in the future? Yes, I will marry you in the future. That's not marriage. That's engagement. Okay? You are engaged now. You have agreed to marry in the future. You owe each other nothing. What people usually do is that they, they start planning, they start talking details, they get to know each other's extended family, they get to know, they start picking an apartment, they pick the furniture, all, they plan the wedding, but they have to do that together. They can't be alone. He doesn't owe her rights. She doesn't owe him to listen to him and, and uh, you know, listen to how bad his day was at work. She doesn't owe him any of that. 
And it's inappropriate either, too. So, but if you notice that they need help in how to be married, then you can do that in a constructive way. And anyone wants to get involved in our marriage thing, we have a whole playlist on the mbic.clips playlist on how to go about getting married. How do I respond to women who ask, how was it okay for the Prophet ﷺ to ask Hafsa not to tell the other wives of when he was intimate with Maria in her house? I don't even know what that incident, I have to look that incident, I never saw that incident. I never saw that incident. But a man is allowed to ask his wife to keep something private secret. The default setting of all personal, private uh, discussions is that you're not allowed to say it. Okay? You're not allowed to say it. You're n- you're, if, if we have a private meeting, the default is you can't repeat it. Yeah, that's it, that playlist. So we stick that playlist in the comments there. That would be really good. Okay. Karen Lindsay in, about to get married on the chat. What's your ruling on watching movies or playing games where there are gods and goddesses? If there's Tadim of gods, I guess that... that is what we would forbid. Grandizing shirk and kufr. <sighs> okay, so Karen Lindsay is that brother who comes in in the name of Karen Lindsay. But it's a dude. I think he's 17 years old too, if not 16. All right, next question from YouTube says that um, how are the torture and the death penalty viewed in Islam? Torture is forbidden and the death penalty is one of the punishments for murder, for terrorism, what we we would now call it terrorism, uh, hiraba, for rebelling, Okay. For apostasy. Okay. All right, couple more questions before we wrap up. Bunch on Instagram, okay. So, hey, inshallah, what do you got there? Let's see. Let's see. Mashallah, these are real arrows. Oof. Oh, my goodness. Look at the, the, this thing is going straight into a deer. And these are real bird leaves, feathers? What bird would it be? Wow, Turkish real arrows. No, this is a serious arrow. This you really you can kill someone with this thing. That we're going to use with our bow here. Mashallah, beautiful. No, I, uh, 
I think manners will be learned quick. Right? Poke. Hit. It's becoming a museum up here. It's becoming a museum. Is there supposed to be a huge war around the time of the Jed? Yes. Okay. Tanella says, my brother has done horrible, unjust things to his family. We aren't speaking at the moment as he continues to treat them this way. What are my obligations to uphold kinship? He's not Muslim. I believe that you are allowed to avoid harm but you just don't want to totally cut off the tie in case that he wants to someday um, get better in his life. But you really don't have any obligations uh, towards him except to keep the door open. That's the only duty you have towards him, just to keep the door open. What if a person's sister-in-law Presents, prevents the brother from seeing the family or doing right by the parents. How do you support the brother? You tell him that you have to know what is your obligation in which neither you nor your wife have a choice. So your wife cannot stop you from fulfilling your obligations. You're sinful. And in our eyes, you should be embarrassed. Some things Allah has taken the choice away from the husband and the wife, right? No choice. A man has to go pray Jummah. Does he take his wife permission? No. Allah didn't even give you a choice, let alone give her a choice. Your parents are dying and sick. You need your wife's permission to, to go and save them? No. You have to buy food for the family. Do you need your wife permission for that? He should be shamed for what he's doing. He should be shamed. He really should be shamed, in my opinion, if you ask me. Adil Chaudhry wants to know about the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a bit of a long story to discuss here, but the summary of it is that Anything that you could possibly imagine about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is different from that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala munazzahun uh, zamani He created time, He created space. Therefore, He is transcendent beyond it. He existed and space never existed, nor time existed, nor matter existed. So therefore, He is transcendent beyond time, space, and uh, physicality and direction. Should a person continue making dua for something if they're seeing signs that may not be? Yes. Yes. Those signs could be temporary. Those things could be temporary. And they could be a test. Q Lodi says, you know when doing dhikr sometimes I zone out, is it still valid? Yes, it's this phase. You get better at it as time goes on. At least your tongue is doing it, your body's doing it, and eventually your heart will settle into it. But the dhikr while distracted, such as dhikr while texting, while driving, while, that's weaker. But it's something. It's better than nothing, but it's weaker. Duly 712, if I am at a friend's house who let his dog roam freely in the house, can I still pray in the house if I need to? Yes, the prayer is valid even if there's a dog in the house. 
What Ghazwa did say that Aisha lose her necklace? That was um, the battle in which Sayyidah Aisha lost her necklace was, subhanAllah, it's, was it Khaybar? Can't remember, to be honest with you. What ring are you wearing in your left hand? This is a very good ring for dhikr. Can you see it? You can count your adhkar on the ring. You see that? Bring it here. Maybe it's zoomed in or zoomed out, but that's how it is. It doesn't matter if you zone out. Keep doing it. Keep doing the dhikr even if you're zoning out. Do the Malikiyah do Raf al-Yidain only for takbiratul ihram as a sunnah? Maliki for eating zabiha, yes, they must eat the biha meat. Should we tell, huh? Ghazwa is a war, a battle, a battle, not a war, a battle. Should we tell our wives where we are going at least? Yes, you could tell your wife where you're going because that's common practice that the wife and the husband know where each other are. That's common practice. Can I pray qada of fajr while praying tarawih behind an imam? No. The imam's praying nafila, you praying fard. So go on the side and do all your qada. Don't even pray tarawih. If you owe qada, you don't pray tarawih. You go on the side and you pray your faraid. Okay. Your, your qada. What sector in medicine do you specialize in? I like to think of the heart. <laughs> There is a Dr. Shadi Al Masri, you know that? He's a Saudi cardiologist. He is a cardiologist. All right. Couple final questions here. A couple days ago, you talked about a podcast that you loved. What was it called? It was Abu Toba. On the Young Smirks. What is it called? Young Smirks? <laughs> Abu Toba was on the Young uh, Smirks. I think that's what they're called. Look it up. Abu Toba, Young Smirks. Yeah. That's the... Uh, it's a three-part episode. Abu Toba and the Young Smirks. And it might not be on YouTube anymore for some reason. It might be on some other website. But look it up. Put, put it in Safari or Google and, uh, and you'll see it. Okay. Does it have to be in a masjid the, the, the reward of praying Fajr and staying in your position until the sun rises and then praying Ishraq and you get rizq, and you get many rewards, and it counts as hajj and umrah, you do not have to be in the masjid, no. You could do that in your home, too. How do you advise someone, says Ryan Hilliard, whose hifz teacher is not taking their studies as seriously as the student is? They cancel meetups, they ghost you. What is the adab? Find another teacher. That's the adab. Thoughts on doing dhikr while you're not focused 100%? Yeah, do, do that, but also be focused. But to do dhikr while you're 
not fully focused is better than not to. You know, Ghazali says, well, at the very least, you can't do dhikr and backbite at the same time, right? At least, at, maybe at some point, your tongue gets used to it. At some point, it enters your heart. So he promoted it. What is the significance of reciting Quran in Arabic only? Because the Quran is it in itself is a shifa for the hearts, whether or not you understand it. In itself is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether or not you understand it, you will be receiving that shifa. And you are receiving that barakah, with or without understanding. So what was the ghazwa? Skip my mind where she lost. Okay. going on out there did you guys hear that on the stream so the one that we just read the one that we just read pulsating amygdala says how to speak to a colleague who says that if you can believe in a god then you can believe in anything Oh, big difference because he says you can believe in a flying spaghetti monster or even someone else's belief. Not at all because belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is based upon rational, has rational bases. The rational basis very simply is this. Is that if there is a world of organized causes and effects, okay? There is a world of organized causes and effects. There is a world that has order there is a world that you can literally measure the forces of nature in it so these forces did not create themselves this system that we live in this world that we live in did not create itself okay it did not pop out of nowhere they were put in place okay something put it in place because it reflects knowledge it reflects accuracy. It reflects attention to detail. And therefore, that is what leads us to the belief that there is a, a being that possesses knowledge and will and power that is transcendent beyond these very laws of physicality, of nature, of physics. That is the philosophical definition of God. Why do I say philosophical? I mean by that solely with the use of the intellect. We can come up with that. Okay? And, it, and that is a basis. So nobody could say you're believing in something with no evidence. No, that is a, that's a wonderful evidence. It's very clear and simple evidence. Until now, nobody's, the Kalam cosmological argument has not been refuted. Right? So people always say, well, it seems too simple. Yes, Allah made it simple. Allah made it simple. Is that obvious? That's why he is al-zahir. The outerly manifest. It's very obvious that, like this guy who who said that science is the one saved a baby from having a heart uh, problems and gave him a heart surgery, and now the baby's twenty years old, living well. Okay, and w- where was God when the baby needed him? Well, who gave him the heart in the first place? Right? Who gave the brain to the scientists who 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 achieved this great achievement in the first place? Where did they get their intellect from? The laws of nature that were manipulated to save this baby. Where did they come from? Okay. Where did all this come from? So, 
So that, that is the rational definition of God. Now, that in itself is very minimal. It's something great, but it's minimal. We don't know this God's name. We didn't know what he wants from us. We don't know much. So human being is still in need. He's in need of Nabuwa, prophethood. Prophethood then completes this by informing us of the rest of the nature. And that prophethood is not just accepted like that. Anyone who walks and says, I'm a prophet, we believe him? No. The Sahaba thought about the prophet, peace be upon him. Right? Was he, what was his uh, reputation in terms of telling the truth and lying? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Arabs truly no excuse by making the prophet's grandfather a legend who people called Quraysh the people of Allah because of him. Abdul Muttalib, the, seer, the seerah truly starts with Abdul Muttalib. Whenever you teach Syria, you have to start with Abdul Muttalib. Because the groundwork of trusting that Allah is with this person. Okay? Allah is with this person. Allah chose Abdul Muttalib okay? for a reason. And where was Abdul Muttalib born? Yathrib, which later becomes Medina. He's born there. He's from there. He's ha- his mother's from there. It like ties perfectly. You can ter- clearly tell, right, that everything it ties up perfectly here. Abdul Muttalib is somebody whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to dig Zamzam. Whom Allah chooses to save the leaders of Quraysh when they were lost with another well spring, I mean. That Allah uh, caused everyone to know the name of the prophets, uh, uh, so, uh, uh, that everyone knew never to mess with Quraysh because of what happened with Abraha and the elephants. That's a third thing. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused all of the people of Mecca and the surrounding tribes to know uh, the name of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib. Why? Because he was going to be slaughtered and then he was replaced with 100 camels. And when you slaughter 100 camels in the span of a day, where's that meat going? Right? You cannot have a city like Mecca. And you slaughter 100 camels. People are going to ask questions. And everyone says, this is because of Abdullah, this is because of Abdullah, this is because of Abdullah. So, okay, so we now know that there is Abdullah, son of Abdul Muttalib. He got in our heads. What are you going to do with all that meat? It's all sadaqah. You had meat distributed and cooked for days. Everyone saying, this is because of Abdullah. So, who of all of Abdul Muttalib's sons, who sticks in everyone's mind? Abdullah. So, is it then a surprise when he is a legend and his son is special and then he, his son becomes his grandson becomes a prophet so I said well, why should you be surprised and on top of that he didn't come at the age of 15 like say Naisa as a young boy announce his prophethood Yunus as a youth announced his prophethood no he lived a full life that means you saw him living his full life never once tried to take advantage of the fact that his, parents, his grandfather was special if someone's 16, 17, 18, 20 and, he, and, and his grandfather's a legend, his father was special, then he makes a claim, it's very easy to say, yeah, he's, he's taking advantage of his lineage. No, the prophet went 40 years. That means in 40 years, that's a whole lifetime. If you were going to do something, you would have thought of it by now, right? And all that he gained from this was the reputation of as-sadiq al-amin. When he speaks, he always says the truth. If you give him something, he'll protect it for you. Okay. When they wanted an, an arbitrator that everyone would accept, okay, and the prophet walked through the door, they said, this is the arbitrator. So you yourself spoke about it. 
You yourself said, As-Sadiq Al-Amin. What does a messenger have? The quality, the number one quality of a messenger? Number one, he's got to be truthful. He's got to be trustworthy. Okay? We can trust him, and he practices what he preaches. That's the number one quality of any leadership. World, in all of history, leadership is this. I can trust him, and he practices what he preaches. That's it. The prophethood has other things now. They have to be well-endowed physically so that people can enjoy listening to them and looking at them. They have to be, uh, uh, be able to express themselves clearly. They have to have the sharpest intellect because you won't follow somebody who is dim-witted. So these are the qualities. So the belief in Islam is definitely something here that is based upon, it's based upon reason. And hence, likening it to paganism or to uh, other gods um, is simply, it's an argument that fails. All right, let's stop here and go to Da'a and Nur. We'll close with that. And then we will, inshallah, be done for the day. Some business. Then today we have the community, uh, the surrounding community, Iftar. We have the uh, uh, all the people who are like the township, the mayor, the you know, all that stuff. The mayor, huh? Uh, it's sort of not exactly an interfaith because we're not having anyone go up and pray, but the local uh, religious leaders might be there. They will be there. But it, it specifically, there's not going to be some kind of group prayer or anything like that. I don't believe in that stuff. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma ja'alli nooran fi qalbi wa nooran fi qabri wa nooran fi sam'i wa nooran fi basari wa nooran fi sha'ri wa nooran fi bashari wa nooran fi lahmi wa nooran fi dami wa nooran fi ilami wa nooran fi asabi wa nooran min bayni yadayya wa nooran min khalfi وَنُورًا عَنْ يَمِينِي وَنُورًا عَنْ شِمَالِي وَنُورًا مِنْ فَوْقِي وَنُورًا مِنْ تَحْتِي اللهم زدني نورا وأعطني نورا واجعل لي نورا وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين